You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Right in the middle of verse 16, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us. There it is again. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. I think it's safe to say just based on those verses, walking as Jesus did is walking in love. What it is. What does it mean to walk with God? Does it mean following the Ten Commandments to the letter? Does it mean devoting at least 10% of your income to the church? As Pastor Danny explains to us in today's message, to walk with God is to walk in love. If you don't love Him and love your neighbor, you aren't walking with God. Following those rules and regulations can be good, but only if they're motivated by your love for God and your desire to live a life that honors and glorifies Him. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. 1 John chapter 2. And even before I teach this section of Scripture, I want you to know I long to be more like Jesus. I know you do too. Uh, But a passage like this, wow, it's challenging, it's convicting, and feel like you have so far to go. At least that's the way I feel. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. If you don't, maybe you will after this. But verse 3 is where we left off. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. I mean, what a straight shooter John is. I mean, he just lays it right out there, doesn't he? Wasting no words. Right after I became a Christian, A lot of my aunts and uncles were at my house, and I was thinking about this, and uh, it hit me last service that I think they were there because I had just become a Christian. They wanted to see if it was real, Uh, see what I look like now. And uh, my grandmother, a lot of you might know, practically raised me, and uh, uh, she lived with my mother and I and my brother. She had seven kids of her own and three adopted. She had two husbands for a brief amount of time, and both uh, both died prematurely, and she spent the majority of her life as a single mom raising those 10 children. Uh, You talk about stories of faith. She passed her faith on to me. She and my mother prayed me into the kingdom. And so our house was kind of the hub of all the relatives coming to visit because my grandmother lived there. And uh, right after I became a Christian, I'll never forget, like it was yesterday, a lot of my aunts and uncles at the house. And I remember my Uncle James and my Uncle Ed. They were having a discussion. It was really an argument, but I'm going to be kind and say it was a discussion. And it was on whether or not you could know uh, whether you're saved, whether you're saved. Could you know you're saved? And I remember as I listened, as they're going back and forth, my Uncle James turned to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. You might want to take a peek at it. John says there, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And you'll hear things like that throughout this study. If you ever have somebody doubting their salvation, uh, 1 John's a pretty good place to send them to. Say, go read 1 John. Because he said that was the motivation the Holy Spirit laid on his heart for writing this little letter, that you may know 
that you have eternal life. And of course, again, he doesn't, he doesn't hold back. Again, we know we've come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in him. Now, we're going to go to several verses. I'm going to try not to go too fast. You've got to be alert. You ought to be alert every time, but especially today. And I'm going to go to different verses and hopefully in a constructive way. But 1 John chapter 3, take a quick look there. Verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Uh, Here's what James says on that point. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? In other words, is that genuine? Is that real saving faith? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. I'm thinking about you. But does nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. You're on real shaky ground if you can't look at your own life uh, and at least see some kind of action that accompanies what we claim to believe. And I'm including myself, any of us. Here's what Jesus said. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Jesus saying this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Pretty clear. Now, back in 1 John, listen to how he continues, verse 5. But if anyone obeys his word... God's love is truly made complete in him. The word complete is the idea of a progression. It's a growing thing. Progression is made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I couldn't help but title the message walking as Jesus did. Now, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean sinless perfection because he's still today. He's the only sinless one. All right. He's the only sinless one, so we're not talking about sinless perfection. So what does it mean to walk as Jesus did? 1 John chapter 4, right in the middle of verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us. There it is again. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. I think it's safe to say, just based on those verses, walking as Jesus did is walking in love. What it is. Walking in Je- as Jesus did is walking in love. Here's what he said in John 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Same chapter, verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. I'm going to throw something at you here. And if you'll hear this, and if it's you that needs to hear it, and I know there's more than one that needs to hear it, If you'll do something about it, it'll revolutionize your Christian life, and then you will take a step in allowing God to revolutionize his church and for his church, this church, to be everything he wants it to be. You can't do this. Listen to me carefully. This is impossible 
unless you become relational. It's impossible. You can't do it just attending church. You can't do it without getting involved. You can't do it without getting involved in such a way that you not only get involved in ministry, but you get involved relationally. There are a lot of great ministries here. Two of the greatest ministries I think that God has raised up uh, through this fellowship is the men of arms and the women of heart. You talk about a practical way to reach out in love. You can't get more practical than that. Somebody has a baby and you take meals and help provide for them. Somebody has somebody who dies in the family and we take meals and we reach out and do very practical things. The men of arms. I can't think of two more practical ministries. I don't know how many women signed up last service. There were 11 last night. I told them last service, I hope there's 110. I hope there's so many that sign up that we, that we're so well taken care of as a body. We're loving one another that we have to look for ways to go outside of the fellowship to reach out. Listen, listen. Listen, you can't do this. I can't do this unless we become relational, unless we get involved. And if all you've been doing, look, you could have been here for two weeks, you could have been here for two months, you could have been here for 20 years. But if all you're doing is attending church, you can never do this. It's impossible. Are you with me? What a great way. Let me read Acts chapter 2, that early church Remember, 3,000 people get saved on the day of Pentecost. And here's what it says about those people, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That was a corporate meeting every day, and there was teaching, like what's happening here. It was a big group, 3,120 to be exact. But then it says, and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. You go down to verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That was the corporate gathering. But you keep reading. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's why we believe in home groups. We call them life groups. We've called them all kinds of things over the year. They're the same thing. Listen, it's different. It's a different atmosphere to come here to a classroom for something, and that has its place, and to go and sit in somebody's house or apartment or wherever it is. It's just a totally different atmosphere. You get to know each other in those settings. So that's, that's the only way this can be lived out, to get involved in ministry, to get involved relationally. Now, back to the text. 1 John 2, look at verse 7. This gets so interesting. Now, you listen up to this. This, this is so interesting. Dear friends, verse 7, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. But then he says in verse 8, yet I am writing you a new command. It's truth is seen in him, that's Jesus, and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of 1 John. There's so much to learn, so we hope that you'll keep coming back to study with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can find more of the messages from this series right now at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, where you can watch a number of teachings from Calvary Chapel Fellowship and subscribe to our channel. Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and be able to jump into the conversations there. 
If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Come just as you are for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're excited to welcome you into our family of faith. You'll find directions and more information at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. We also live stream our services. So if you can't make it in person, join us online. You'll find a link at the top of the page at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to join Pastor Danny in 1 John right here on The Living Word.